Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Richie Morgan. I'm your host, Richie Morgan, and we're broadcasting to you live today on the End Results Radio Network from the Perimeter Roofing Studio inside the Country Inn and Suites by Radisson Hotel in beautiful Stone Mountain, Georgia. Um, I'm so excited today because I'm going to be interviewing a friend of mine that I've known for a little while. I will say that his name is Andrew Clark. I will say that he is probably one of the more multifaceted people that I've met (laughs) because he has done so many things in his life, and he is a very, very um, intelligent guy, and I just enjoy listening to what he has to say. So welcome, Andrew. Thank you so much, Richie. I'm glad to be here. Good. Nice to see you today. I haven't seen you in a little while, but uh, we keep up with each other on Facebook and so forth. That's the benefit of social media. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Andrew is uh, he works for Height Digital Media, and what do, what exactly is your title there? So general manager, and then okay. a friend of mine and myself, we started it up together. So I'm the more of like the face of the of the agency, and then my my friend does more of like the back end stuff. So some of the financing, and then. That other fun stuff that I don't enjoy as much. <laughs> I see. Now you, th- so Hyde is uh, there's uh, offices in uh, in different parts of the world, correct? Yep. Yeah. So it's set up as a franchise. So we are located in Midtown Atlanta. We cover mostly all of Metro Atlanta, but I have clients up in New Hampshire and pretty much all over the world. I have clients in England, Central America, and then some other places as well. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, because I see posts from different off some, from different places around the world that you post. It's really interesting to see the people that are in those places working yeah, that's, as well. So that's been the biggest yeah. blessing. I to be in all, full transparency. I was a bit hesitant joining up because when you join a franchise, I saw them as competition. I thought it would be all of us against each other trying to you know find the clients, etc. But a lot of the people in there have grown their agencies so quickly and haven't lost the quality mm-hmm. while they're growing. Mm-hmm. And they've been able to provide a roadmap to me. So then that way I can say, okay, these are the steps that you took. I'm going to make those same things instead of waiting two years for myself to learn those steps myself. Right. I just knew them from the get go. So then within the first four months of opening our agency, we were profitable. Right. That's and then awesome. that is huge. Like you don't really hear that that often. Mm-hmm. And now with the Gwinnett uh, County, we're one of the finalists for the launch award, which means that you're kind of on the right track mm-hmm. um, for launching a business. So, I mean, that wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for the other 23 offices that are opened That's up. That's incredible. And all of us talking. And So talk about the company. Talk about what, what they provide to their clients. Is there like... Uh, different facets of the company uh, or does it fall kind of under one direction tell me about it so a lot of when it comes to height which is spelled h-i-t-e um every office kind of has like their own niche or they everyone can do what they want but and at the end of the day we're a marketing agency digital marketing agency anything from building the websites to getting it to show up um, google ads facebook ads etc what i try to do myself is There's a general journey when a customer is going to buy something with you. There's that journey where it's like you find the ad, you follow them through, and then like there's the email and follow up, et cetera. I try to do that with the business of growing it. So sometimes when people come to me, they just open up their business. And it's not like you're going to open up a billboard 
just open up your brick and mortar shop down in Duluth or whatever, mm -hmm. and you're going to put up a billboard. That doesn't make sense. First, you need the website. Then you need to do some, get the website to show up. There are certain steps that you should take to build your business right. in those beginnings that aren't as sexy and aren't as fun. Right. But those are the, you need to have that foundation. So I help businesses go through that. And the example I give is we had one guy who has been in business for about 25 years doing contract work. And he celebrated his 55th birthday. And then he was like, I don't want to do this manual labor anymore. I just want to be answering the phone, um, growing my team, and just, you know, enjoying life, let, spending less time working. When he came to us, we got his website under control. We got him to show up. Then we did the Facebook ads. And we brought him along this journey bit by bit. Mm -hmm. um, for around the last decade, he's been doing probably $450,000 a year in revenue. Within the first uh, eight months to year of working with us, we brought him from 400,000 to 1.3 million and his wow. team up from three up to 12. Wow. And that was all through just figuring out what works and then bring him along right. this journey. But there's a roadmap. Right. And that's what I help businesses do. So I, the easy way to explain what Hike does is we do marketing, but the way I like to say is like we're growing businesses. See, I don't think that a lot of people really understand the commitment that you have to have to partner with someone like your company, you and your company, and to what you have to, the steps you have to go through. Because a lot of people are looking for, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to do this website, and then two weeks from now I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> rolling in money and blah, blah, blah. So I many people, how do you get people to kind of understand the process? Do you ever get like, do you ever get uh, pushback on that? Or do you have, how do, how do you go about kind of making people feel comfortable with the process? Well, a lot of times when people come to me, they think they need social media or they want to do something on TikTok, whatever it is. But there's a lot of things that you have to kind of dial things back and teach them mm -hmm. and just explain this is what you should be doing. It kind of depends on each person and then what are their goals? What are their aspirations? Do they want to grow it up and scale and then sell it? Do they want to pass this on to their children or whatever it may be? So mm -hmm. the way you go about it <laughs> kind of depends on the person, right. but you can imagine like with real estate. It's the side, I guess you have to like understand the personality of the person and then kind of, you know, guide them in the direction that you think they need to, that, that where they will understand. Not a lot of people have that. That is actually a gift to be able to like, you know, converse with somebody because no two accounts of yours are going to be the same. People are going to have different needs and they're going to have different ideas and they're going to want to, you know, think that things need to be done this way or that way. So there is a formula to it. And I think, you know, maybe explaining yeah. the formula is probably one of the most important parts of it. Yeah. And then showing how that formula works in that goal or dream or whatever they're thinking in their head. Mm -hmm. Like how does the result of what we're going to do for you affect that and play into this journey right i th that's probably the easiest way and i think if you don't have a good way to tell that story mm -hmm. luckily my mom's a teacher um i grew up doing a lot of like teaching with kids in outside of the city and some other things so it's like i have that ability from what i've been told to kind of take these like weird complicated things that people don't really want to understand or learn and just say it kind of quickly and then say it in a way that makes sense. So then that's how you can 
dilute it and kind of just have it have those seeds plant right. because a lot of times people come to me and they're like i did not know this is how x y and z works i didn't know this is how google ads work i didn't know how seo worked so on and so forth mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of educating people you know in a way and maybe the fact that your mom was a teacher kind of gave you an insight <laughs> into you know what that entails in trying to teach somebody to you know so that's interesting well you know you prior to your height experience i mean i know a lot about your travels around the world different things you've done in different countries um give me the kind of like condensed version because i know you've been in a lot of different places and done a lot of different things but yep. kind of tell me what that journey was like for you how did that really prepare you for what you're doing now and are you you know how you feel about it so i'm originally from southern maine um went to school outside of Which boston is a beautiful area yeah most of the time only during the summer right. <laughs> i'm not a winter person okay um so when i after I graduated from college, I went to Nicaragua and I lived there for four years. So the first two years I was working with the Peace Corps and we were working with uh, students on figuring out how to set up a business plan, how to develop products, etc. That's fantastic. After that, I worked um, in the capital. I was with a digital marketing agency and then I did some nonprofit work on the side for about a year and a half, two years. Then I moved from Nicaragua after four years to the Amazon in South America, where I was the marketing director for a wildlife conservation center. And then each one of these points of my journey, people usually don't believe me, but I used to be very shy. I was very like introspective, but I always had the ability to, to, to network and kind of just like kind of chameleon, mm -hmm. kind of like camouflage and meet people and like talk and then just, you know, form those relationships. But along the way, when I was learning about myself and so when I was in the Amazon working with that wildlife conservation center is really where I was able to bring up all of these different experiences together because at first I had a little bit of imposter syndrome I was like why am I going to be in charge of all of the marketing for this huge wildlife conservation center when you know and whatever false narratives I had in my head I was just repeating to myself but after doing everything in Nicaragua and then moving to Peru in the Amazon is where I was able to kind of bring them together and t like kind of like tie the bow after you're putting a, right. a package together. And that's what led me because of COVID came back to Atlanta, moved here without knowing anyone. And then, you know, we kind of <laughs> started this up and now we, <laughs> we are where we are two years later. That's but, pretty quick. That's pretty quick yeah. to get that going that quickly. Yeah. So it's been an experience, but without having done all of the stuff that I've done abroad where I didn't even speak Spanish so when I first went to Nicaragua they were pointing to different things in the room pointing to the wall and then I didn't know what they were saying so I would just say blue but clearly they could have I, I didn't even know what I was saying or what they were saying so um, learning and going through the, all those failures and then learning and just putting them together is what right. led us here um, What's day-to-day -day life like in the Amazon? I'm curious. <laughs> it's got to be. I, so I lived in a more central urban part of it. Mm -hmm. um, so there was like two movie theaters. There was grocery stores, all oh, these okay. other things. So it wasn't like, I want to say there was probably like, like 300,000. You were your laundry on a rock? No, no. no. Okay. That was when I was in Nicaragua. So okay. I lived in a, in a river community where we were washing our clothes in the river. We were, you know typical what you would imagine quote-unquote peace corps 
mm-hmm. stuff. That's when I was in Nicaragua. That was a completely other <laughs> different experience that I can. I think when you're young, those experiences are good because then you kind of absorb what you're going through, you know? Yeah, because I'm 30 now. So I did all that from I left the States when I was 22, came back when I was like 28, 29. Right. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't return it. I wouldn't give it up. Well, that's yeah, that's that was your that was your experience that kind of evolved you to where you are now. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes it is difficult, though, if we're kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit as you see your friends or other people that are the same age and then they're quote unquote further ahead, possibly buying homes and all these other things. Mm-hmm. But I I'll think not everybody is is made to be a homeowner necessarily. You know, mm. I mean, I think it, it, I think there's different ways to look at that. I mean, I think if you're looking at it as from an investment point of view, you know, but ne- not necessarily everybody is like in that mindset. You know, there are people that never buy anything their whole entire lives and they rent their whole entire lives, which is fine. If that's what if that works for them, then that's what makes sense. So that's not, not a negative thing, I don't think, necessarily. No, but I mean, if you if that is something that you kind of do want and you thought it would be done by now, that's what I had in my head. I was like, I thought by now I would have X, Y, Z, and then when I compare myself to my friends, which, as I say, comparison is the thief of joy. Right, But when I think about all the other things that I've done, I know it it will come in time, but it just sometimes it's one of those like mental (laughs) gymnastics you have to put yourself through. Well, what about uh, your involvement in your connection to Gwinnett uh, Chamber of Commerce, which I find that very interesting. Tell me about those people, that group, of what you, how you're involved with them and what goes on there. Yeah, so I'm one of the ambassadors for the Gwinnett County Chamber. Um, when I first opened up, that was kind of just where I started. Atlanta is so competitive and it's just so sometimes cutthroat. People are just kind of pushing people aside, just trying to get to the front, get the client, whatever it may be. I first went to Gwinnett because it's a little bit further out. You're able to actually form real relationships with people. That's true. And when I first went there, I, you would hear that, oh, these are my friends, ex- all these things. And I did think it was a little bit cliche. But now two years later, and I'm looking back, I'm re-spewing all of the same things right. <laughs> that, that they told me. <laughs> but it's from those people in that room that have opened up the other doors, whether it's uh, doing work with the United Way of Greater Atlanta mm-hmm. or some of the other nonprofit work that I do, all of those doors were opened up from people in there. Mm-hmm. So if I wasn't there setting those relationships, getting the coffees, you know, one-on-ones, and then telling them what I want to get out of my work and what my personal life is and what some of those goals are, they right. wouldn't have been able to help make those connections right. and lead me forward. Now, two years later, that's one of my goals of being an ambassador is taking those people that maybe aren't as comfortable networking or just going up and introducing. That's how you and I met at a networking event. Mm-hmm. I just went up to you. I was like, hey, I'm Andrew. And you're like, hey, I'm Richie. And then we just connect and we've been talking ever since. Mm-hmm. But taking those people that don't feel as comfortable and then figuring out what they do and then who are they looking for and then trying to be that that connector. Now, do you meet monthly with them? or is it oh, Every Friday. Oh, once a week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is it like how many members are there or is it does it kind of 
come and go as it kind of flew the Gwinnett chamber if i'm not mistaken is the biggest physical chamber in the united states wow because if you think they have frankie's and the 1818 club and all that stuff up there yeah um how many members they have i don't know but there's probably anywhere from like 50 to 80 people on average that show up in that room yeah that's awesome some are new some are people that just show up every week like myself some of them are sort of like every two every three weeks whatever but um it's been a good it's been yeah, a good I experience. I always find it interesting to see your post and that you do when you're doing your meetings and stuff there cuz I think a couple of people I recognize but I <laughs> I was like okay I think I know who that is but I can't think of their name off the top of my head but that's real interesting. I think the biggest thing about any chamber if anyone's going to be joining one is going in there and exp- everyone walks in thinking they're going to get stuff out. And once you learn that's not how it works. Right. Then you'll start seeing success out of it. Like you're trying in there to trying to teach people how you, what your business is. Right. So that way they can sell for you. Right. So it's like if you're out and about, you know, we do marketing, all these other things. If you're at a barbecue, if you're at some networking event, you'll be like, hey, I know a guy, Andrew. He's the one that you'll connect me to. Mm -hmm. That's how you should be treating chambers or figuring out what personal things, et cetera, that they can. Right. Do, but too often the first thing all the newcomers first time chamber people do is they think i'm going to go in there i'm going to walk out with all these business cards and i'm going to get all this business right and you know when i go to networking events i don't say hey i'm a realtor realtor i don't say i like i just have a conver- i'll have a conversation or something if somebody asks me what i do i will tell them but i don't ever you know cold yeah. call somebody to say hey i'm a realtor you want to sell your house i might say it jokingly to some people but <laughs> but generally i just don't operate that way it's just not my style so i kind of understand what you're saying but i think that people when people don't feel pressured i think you kind of are able to develop a relationship and it just you know i think organically things happen for you mm-hmm. so and the that's other awesome. thing is, like, with real estate, there's so many of you guys all over the place. So if everyone well, that's wants to. true. After this little dip, you know, they say that they're going to start dropping off like flies <laughs> because they can't survive in the business anymore, which is okay with me, I guess. And now isn't it normal that, like, 80% of realtors only sell, say, like, two homes, and then there's, like, a certain few sure. where it's, like, our actual, yeah. quote-unquote, real realtors. Right. where that's their job that's their yeah that's that's true i mean some realtors realtors have other jobs you know they kind of do real estate on on the side or something of that nature but i'm an all-in kind of guy i can't spread myself too thin i'd rather do one thing good and just get better and better at it than just kind of run around and chase my tail trying to make something (laughs) work that's not going to work so that's my philosophy but um um what's your thoughts on where digital media is going is it going to evolve i mean i've heard people say that the the networks and the different you know platforms and stuff are so competitive that you know sometimes they may not be as effective as they once were like say 20 years ago i mean what what do you think's happening when it comes to that I think it's one of those things where going back to the billboard example that I gave, like billboards are still a thing. They still make sense. There's reasons why they're still like perimeter roofing 
sponsors this. Like some people count that as like old, old marketing, Mm -hmm. but it still has a place. And I think the digital space, whether it's websites, for example, we do a lot of print work as well, like billboards and then some uh, direct mailers. Mm -hmm. So I think digital media will always kind of fall under that, even if it does get more competitive and saturated and then it's not as successful as it once was, you're still able to track and see like for every dollar spent how much you got back. I think what is coming forward, I was recently speaking with someone at Google and they said, imagine if he goes to Disney all the time, he was saying. And every time he goes to Disney, he always goes to the same shop with his kids to get the same sort of food. Mm -hmm. Now imagine if the algorithms and the phones and all these different things can know when he enters Disney, it's already pre-ordering that food for him and picking that up. So then that way he can just stop by and it's already purchased. Like he doesn't even have to pull up anything. He just goes there and it already knows, has his name down saying, Richie's here for X, Y, Z. You pick it up and you just continue going along whatever ride you have. That's scary. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's sort of like the idea of what will happen. Or the other example he gave is if we're driving back from say Gwinnett County down to, down to Midtown and it knows that my favorite show is going to be say like Game of Thrones on Sunday or whatever, like it will say, if it knows I order certain types of food or if I always get Mexican or I pick up ice cream or whatever it is, it will pick that up and say, hey, your gas, your car's low on gas, stop here, pick this up at the same time. And I can kind of figure all that out. Right. And I think that's where some of that may go. Right. Some of the people are shaking their heads in the room. But <laughs> see, I'm for it. I'm all for it. I know there's like everything in life. There's goods, there's bads. And I think there's a lot of benefits that can come from it. But it all depends on how how it's well, used. It is amazing. I think that, you know, when I was growing up, Andrew, we did not have cell phones. <laughs> we didn't have computers. We didn't have any of that. You rode around in your car with a bag of quarters so you could stop and make a phone call at the phone booth <laughs> if you needed to talk to somebody while you were out, but typically you didn't do it. So the world has changed a lot. And I think, um, you know, a lot of tech companies, I think, are extremely powerful and have a lot of control sometimes over people but people don't necessarily realize that so i think it can be for good which is fine i mean i have convenience and you know if i want to know how to a recipe i can google it you know or whatever those things are great but um you know sometimes you kind of like you watch like uh Mm -hmm. Mo- certain movies that have these twisted plots to them and stuff. <laughs> Some Black Mirror. And then you, yeah, and then you start thinking, oh, I don't know if that's good or not. But uh, I don't know. I, I, guess, I guess it's just an evolution and people just kind of go along with the ride and we'll either be yeah. successful or we'll... Im- and one of the ideas that I like is like with food now, there's always nutritional stuff at the back telling yeah. you what it's done. Right. I would like, granted, like, obviously I can't change any of these things, but if there was some sort of nutritional facts, quote unquote, on the back of, if you sign up for Facebook or whatever these programs are saying, your data is like going to these things specifically, but not in like in the quote unquote fine print where it's all hidden, then you have no idea. But if there was like regulated saying you're, if you sign up for this, this is what's happening. And it's just like very easy. So that way anyone can pick it up. Because mm-hmm. so often with this, and this is the downside of the digital age, is there are lawyers that can go through this, and they're like, "I don't, I don't even know what's happening." 
It's just and that's when if you have those people that are like some quote unquote experts in the field and they're not even sure, right. then how is the average person right. going to know? But I think there's still more positives than negatives, right. but there are negatives. Right. I mean, Google, for example, is like the, that is the largest data collection. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I mean, <laughs> who else could it be? I mean, you know, they're, they're like worldwide. I don't think there's anything separated in another country that is as strong as Google is worldwide, right? I mean, there's not other platforms that operate like Google in different countries. Maybe TikTok now? Yeah. I don't know about them. They may not make it much longer. <laughs> I think they're trying to shut TikTok down. But I'm not on TikTok. I know that people are. I don't. I don't really get it. You know, I don't really get it or enjoy it. I guess TikTok. Yeah. So I, again, with the good and bad, there's always with anything. If you go into extreme and either way, there's going to be positives and negatives. Right. I personally very much enjoy it there's a lot of natural sort of like creativity, the amount of creativity I've seen young, younger people like apply and use. And it does come up with like some creative thing, like creative and critical thinking mm -hmm. that wouldn't have happened where like back in the day, it would just be more of like the traditional stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's also really good for the, for business as well <laughs> yeah as we've seen so like what i try to explain is with instagram it's more of now when you post something it's imagine a circle with arrows pointing in mm -hmm. it's going to be sharing it among like that community your followers etc but with tiktok it's more of arrows out mm -hmm. so if you're posting about let's say photography anyone that's interested in that sort of photography is going to start being targeted regardless if you follow them or not right and i think that's where the the beauty of it is because then you can just build on top of each other and then you can form relationships again going back to that like cliche thing that I mentioned I've met so many people even here in Atlanta through TikTok doing different sorts of like networking photography which I do on the side or any of these other oh I want to like, talk about that too yeah so I mean yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing but um the photography stuff started more because of again social media yeah it was just like I didn't realize you could use a camera and come up with all of these sorts of like creative photos right and use it in that way so that's kind of what drove me down the photography lane when i was uh when i was years ago when i lived in new york i was an interior designer i mean excuse me a fashion designer then later an interior designer but then i knew a lot of photographers and they were all very young you know kind of like west village soho guys and a few girls that were very creative photographers and so forth and I just really have a great appreciation for good photography and people that are creative. Like photography isn't just about taking a picture. It's about capturing a moment mm -hmm. or a style or something that's now, you know, that's happening right now. And the photographs that I've seen you take, the, the beach stuff and the yeah. landscape stuff and the different things that you do, you have a really good eye and I really enjoy looking at your stuff. And I think you need to consider maybe doing a show or something in Atlanta somewhere. I know we've talked about it. That I, I think know. that is I definitely on the horizon. think about that because it's, it's kind of like a fun side thing, you know, that you could do. Uh, when meet people that way and pull them into what you're 
doing business wise but <laughs> you know your hobbies and things like that can certainly be something that kind of you know segues into your main priority in the last couple of years it's been i need to do it more i've been pulling back kind of like as most things when you're growing up you hear it's just like oh yeah. i used to do xyz and then you know life happens so yeah. it's definitely something i want to keep up um and especially living directly in in the city of, of atlanta there's so many things that are happening all the time so like when the protests were happening i was out covering that i've been able to do some of like the atlanta um the atlanta open and now with the world cup happening and the oh, city's going to be hosting it i'm already yeah. trying to plan out okay how do i build up my portfolio and get the experience so that way in four years when they start hosting the world cup i can get a press coverage absolutely or like a media credential so that way i right. can photograph it and then get like a front seat to the That'd ticket awesome. and not pay for it yeah well I'll, we're gonna wrap up but i wanted to ask you what does 2023 is around the corner what what are your goals for 2023 what do you what's what's in your future besides just like the general growth that everyone says with business and whatever i think personally i want to continue with some of the programs that i'm doing so i'm in the gwinnett young professionals journey program which is like a leadership nice, uh course very nice yeah finish that i just finished a course with united way for nonprofit. Um, it's a 10 week nonprofit board training program. So doing more things like that, just to continue my own personal growth. So that way I can be a better leader as weird as that sounds starting this business and growing it, but then right. being able to handle the new account managers and all of that we have. Right. And then I would like to do some more, um, photography. Maybe I'll put that on the list of one of the right. things, trying like a gallery or a showing. Fun. Yeah. And then I would say also doing one of my goals i don't know if it'll happen this year but maybe in the next two years would be having some sort of like uh nonprofit arm of the business where if a nonprofit needs help fundraising money and then mm -hmm. using social media or whatever it is to promote it we can do that pro bono because sometimes these certain nonprofits don't have necessarily the budget that so awesome. i think that would be further down i don't know if it'll happen this year yet but that sounds like your 2023 is going to be busy. <laughs> it always well, listen, is. I have really enjoyed talking to you today. This has gone by very quickly for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we have long conversations typically, but, um, you know, we're going to wrap it up for today. I appreciate you uh, coming. Can you tell people in the audience how we can reach you, how they can reach you, your um your, uh, Yep. So if you info? go to Google, Facebook, or LinkedIn, you type in Andrew J. Clark. No E on the Clark, so C-L-A-R-K. Uh, my face will come up everywhere because it's what we do. It's marketing. And then if you want to Google the company, it's H-I-T-E, Height, Digital Atlanta. And then again, you'll probably see my face everywhere. And just send me anything on Facebook, LinkedIn, and just say you found me on, on Richie's show, and then I'll be sure to connect with you. Thank you. I appreciate it, Andrew. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us here on the End Results Radio Network. Stay tuned for the next Real Talk with me, Richie Morgan. And until then, let's count our blessings and enjoy this wonderful journey we're all on together.